Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm good. I'm privileged to be a live part of this show today here. This is this is our first show together, and uh, you know I'm actually doing it remote this time. I'm not in studio. It's live from Las Vegas. How are you? Viva Las Vegas here. You must be sitting by the pool, drinking a little drink with an umbrella in it or something here. I am not. Uh, to paint a picture of where I'm sitting, uh, that sounds amazing. In, in fact, I overlook the pool area, which I've not set foot at, but I'm up here in our suite. We've got a bunch of meetings planned for the rest of today, so just kicking off with you, sir. Well, it's the official start of B2B MarTech's trade show season, with both Marketo and Oracle having their annual user conference this week, and you're there. Yeah, it was a busy week. We got started on Sunday, and the Marketo they call it the Marketing Nation Conference. That kicked off in San Francisco at the Moscone Center on Sunday. And that went you know, through the week. But on Tuesday at about midday, I flew out here to Las Vegas, and I've been attending the Oracle uh, Modern Marketing Experience. So I was able to cover both, both shows and happy to share you know, some insights and reflections from my experience here at the show, uh, as well as uh, you know, just share some ideas maybe for how demand gen approaches trade show marketing because we do i think a real good job at it well let's start with the obvious fact is trade show marketing still a hot commodity are people still turning out and flying to places here or have trade shows become a thing of the past uh i don't know when it changed but actually trade shows seem very back very back in vogue uh for the last several years i think you know during that 2008 2009 time frame and people were cutting marketing budgets there was a lot of backing off of the trade shows but um you know they are it's trade show season in fact there's four trade shows four major trade shows that are taking place over four weeks just for the martech industry alone and as you know vegas and san francisco constantly book back-to-back with major shows so then let's compare this year's shows with last week's last year's shows what are you seeing this year you didn't see last year you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give very unbiased feedback. No, no, no holds back. I, you know, <laughs> That's what we is, expect. We expect nothing less. <laughs> I, I think I got to. I think I got to call some things out and just share some some insights. But let's start off with the good things. Uh, the Marketo Conference, which, as I said, kicked off Sunday uh, at the Moscone West Conference Center, just absolutely huge attendance. I think something close to six thousand folks. Not only, of course, from the Bay Area, but actually all around the world. They had a very good international presence. So that's was very, very well attended. It was here in Las Vegas last year, but they moved it back to San Francisco. And, uh, you know, when those keynotes kick off and you look around the room and you just see, you know, just people going from the very front to the very back, it's always amazing that that many marketers want to really come out and get educated. So they grew the conference uh, quite a bit. As a contrast, uh, just to do some compare and contrast, the Oracle conference, they changed the format, I actually called it the modern marketing experience when we kicked off, but they really uh, changed it to the modern customer experience. And this year, you know, Mark Hurd kicked off the keynote, and there are, you know, folks from different disciplines within an organization, all focused on the customer experience, and marketing certainly plays a huge role in that, but their conference is not you know, marketing specific. So there are people here attending different sessions, but of course, a lot of Eloqua and Responses users attending their specific tracks. Okay. So uh, you say attendance seems up for at least one of the two conferences here. 
Uh, who shows up for these things? Is it just the marketing people? Do the uh, C-suite people ever come? Is it is it, re- is it gotten that far that this is an important subject for them to address as well here? Yeah, it's in, it's impressive. So, you know, Marketo's conference is really a Marketo user conference. Mm-hmm. Everybody there um, is there because they use their marketing automation system or they run departments that use their marketing automation system. But that still is very much a user conference, and anybody who uses Marketo really should attend that because the learning and education is really tremendous, uh, not to mention the opportunity to see all the exhibitors who have marketing technology tools to integrate with Marketo. So that's a very platform-centric. And to answer your question, it ranges everything from, you know, Marketo-certified users, um, admins that are in the system, to uh, demand generation leaders, you know, VPs of demand gen, directors of demand gen. And I think he said it was like 800 CMOs. It was a big number. And wow. so, yeah, all wow. the way up to the C-suite. Well, and, and the reason I ask is, for a long time, they talked about customer experience, but were the C-suite really involved? Was this something that was a priority on their uh, meetings all the time here, or was it just something somebody else, they tell other people to do it? It, it is, and it's, it's, um, they are here, and they're here because the spend on marketing has gone up tremendously over the last several years. So they are responsible for you know, a line item in their budgets for marketing infrastructure. That's a big, big number. And so they're here to you know, get insights themselves on what other leading organizations are, are doing. The Oracle Conference, you know, because it's a, it's a blend, you do definitely have a lot of C-level uh, folks here. But you typically have a more leadership-oriented attendance to this conference based on the, on the content. So uh, you've got Eloqua administrators and marketing automation uh, managers and marketing operations managers here too, but you're also seeing a lot of uh, sales leadership here at the, the Oracle conference as well. So it starts with the people that are actually using these platforms, trying to understand how better to do it or learn what others are doing with these platforms. But you're saying it goes all the way up into the C-suite. This is a priority for them, partly because they're spending more money on this stuff. They want to make sure they're getting a bang for their buck here. What kind of apps are you seeing come out that you haven't seen before? Any trends you can identify? You know, there's, um, you could almost hand out bingo cards to everybody uh, <laughs> in attendance and play, uh, play buzzword bingo. So what you heard a lot about was the engagement economy when uh, Steve Lucas kicked off, and we can come back to that. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about the engagement economy and uh, passed out a book to everybody. And some of the, the technologies that were highlighted, a lot had to do with some you know, predictive applications and those helping with uh, data sourcing and targeting. You also heard a lot about uh, artificial intelligence and AI and the start of that. There was a pretty clever demo that, that Steve did. He had uh, folks from Amazon uh, there, and so he had an Amazon uh, Echo, the you know the Alexa mm-hmm. exactly. application, mm-hmm. sitting on the top of the stage. So picture this. He's sitting there with Cheryl Chavez, who's the VP of product, and started asking Alexa questions like how many contacts are in the database uh, and some other, you know, um, inquiries into the platform, mm-hmm. and Alexa came back with those answers. So they were just trying to, you know, uh, you know, capture some some neat attention and uh, show the future of, of potential technology. But the AI they talked more about had to do with, you know, uh, recommending content and serving up the dynamic content and really profiling your contacts and accounts with a lot more intelligence. Of you know, we've certainly done a lot of shows on the station here about AI and where it's going, and one of the 
one of the controversial things I think people talk about AI is it is it just there to help you analyze the data? Is it just there to help this uh, this robotic uh, voice is going to come and just help you f- identify stuff you're look asking for, answer questions, or is it going to fulfill a deeper role? Is it going to take the place of the salesperson? on those initial sales calls and try and ferret out. When you're just sniffing around, will you be talking to a real person someday or will you just be talking to a robot? Well, I mean, that's that's an interesting uh, question. And, and maybe AI needs to be a special episode on Demand Gen Radio because mm-hmm. it certainly is a very heavy emerging technology. I mean, just to give, you know me, I like to be prescriptive. And so just right. to give some practical applications for where AI is starting to show up already, um, is in the chatbots. So there's a lot of companies now. Um, Drift.com is one of them. And, you know, they have put technology that enables you to have interactive chat with your visitors on your website. And the message there is that, you know, why would you have someone come to your website and take a look at your content and do all this education and awareness and learning and then maybe fill out a form and and then have you follow up with them? Right. Why not engage dynamically while they're on the site? And so the chatbot that Drift has, one of the things that it does is it's, um, it's you know, uh, converses with the prospect. And while it's connecting them with a sales development rep, says, is there anything I can help you with? Almost like when you use the voice recognition calling into American Express or what have you. Right. And you can say, I'm looking for information on such and such. And the chatbot will come back and say, um, you know, here's one of the links on our website for some information. Let me know if this helps you. And so it interacts with you using natural language uh, translation and, um, you know, intelligence from past visitors as well. So very cool. That's one application. There's another. You asked about MarTech. Mm -hmm. There's a company called Conversica, and they have basically that same type of bot capability from an email exchange perspective. So if you wanted to take a bunch of, uh, you know, very cold leads or inquiries and load them up into the system, this automated bot is going to attempt engagement and set up meeting appointments. So that's where we're seeing AI certainly in the sales process, but we're also seeing AI used on websites and in e-commerce for product recommendations and targeting and such. So we're going to see a lot of AI all over the place, Paul. And uh, I think a great topic for uh, a whole nother radio. I think it is because it really opens up some fascinating avenues. We had somebody on one of our other shows, I think it's called XI.com, and they actually create a uh, a robotic uh, virtual assistant. And it's so real that you you don't know that you're conversing with a robot. It helps to set appointments. That, and, exactly. So uh, it sounds like a competitor to Conversicive, exactly. And it's very impressive technology. Yeah, exactly. All right, so AI, and then you talk about data. Data is another trend that just seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger every year. The we're, the, we're all headed towards this world of big data and not only gathering the data, but then what do we do with this? Uh, we're, are we going to be overwhelmed? Is a salesperson's job going to become part uh, data analyst here? The you know data wasn't as big of a topic uh, at the conferences this year. It's an important topic, and it was still there in certain tracks. But you know, data is not sexy. It doesn't demo well. <laughs> right. it's, uh, it's a topic that kind of creates a lot of stress in the audience when you talk about it because yeah. every marketer knows their data is not where it needs to be. But in terms of big data, and the vendors were talking about all the metadata. 
that they collect on you know your digital body language and such and the role that data plays there was a lot of emphasis on how to leverage that data for things like ABM and ad retargeting mm-hmm. and for doing better segmentation and certainly um, the topic of campaign attribution and and revenue attribution was was big and you know marketers are still struggling with how to get their data in shape to have you know analytics ready data so big topics some good breakout sessions but it wasn't in the keynotes uh, highlighted and um, you know Marketo did a good job in their product keynotes they uh, they introduced a bunch of new um, enhancements that are coming to the platform this year as well so people were excited about that including uh, mercury which is their new interface a pretty radical redesign for their app so what's your experience i keep hearing people uh say when they go into a company and they start talking about their sales funnel the first thing they say well show me your data show me your customer list and they go what customer list uh you mean this thing over on a spreadsheet i have i mean is it really still that antiquated or are people beginning to understand the importance of of accumulating this data in some usable fashion here. The, these audiences, for sure. I mean, these are sophisticated marketers that um, are, you know, looking at lead flow at a science and precision level, right? Everything from the first click on the website to the form submission and how that lead record flows into the marketing automation system, gets scored, gets nurtured, moves over into the CRM or other systems. And so, yeah, this is a very data savvy audience in terms of from a lead management uh, perspective, but they're still learning a lot about the power of big data and how to really use that on a, on a very uh, impactful scale for you know marketing targeting as well as insights for the sales team. So still a long way to go there, Paul. So my last question before the break is, um, this is what you spend your whole life analyzing, helping companies analyze and figure out what to do with. Is this a role that companies are going to eventually take in-house and they're going to create a new uh, data analytics department here that somehow works under marketing or sales or both? Uh, are they going to ask their marketing or creative types uh, or their sales types to somehow get more involved in this? Or are they going to really outsource this for at least for the foreseeable future to people like you guys that, that help them understand it and develop a, uh, a process for dealing with it? You know, the uh, marketing has become, marketing operations has become basically the IT department within marketing. And so to answer your question, yes, are we going to see more and more data scientists on that marketing operations team? Absolutely, and we're already seeing it today. We do have data scientists uh, on our team. So to your point, we're seeing a, a hybrid approach, right? Companies are leveraging us where we've got that data science and expertise to help them from a database perspective. And they are the larger enterprise companies are putting actual data scientists on the marketing operations team for all the insights they need. You're really not going to be able to get the type of precision-based marketing and leveraging the data if you don't have a data scientist, whether you get someone like that from you know my firm, DemandGen, or have someone on the team. And the smaller companies are going to use more outsourced resources. And isn't that your background? Weren't you a... Did you start off in science uh, and move into this field? Did I get that correct here? Yeah. I mean, I was a childhood uh, 11-year-old computer programmer making video games and uh, (laughs) fell in love with technology and then uh, took computer science and got my minor in computer science and somewhere along the way realized there was a lot more smart smarter people there on the dev side and i moved into marketing so i'm really in the perfect storm on helping clients and and you know passion for this the fusion of science and marketing well you're certainly at the center of the universe right now we want to get some more observations but first we've got to play a quick commercial so stick with us we'll be right back all right have you ever wondered if there's a great book on modern marketing 
Well, there is, and it's called Manufacturing Demand. It's written by modern marketing guru David Lewis. It's the number one book on lead generation, and guess what? It's yours for free today as a demand gen radio listener. In the book, David teaches you how to create your demand factory, how to align sales and marketing, how to set up your demand funnel, and he provides you blueprints of the best practices for lead scoring, lead nurturing, and marketing analytics. Plus, the book Manufacturing Demand gives you plenty of actionable tips and recommendations, as well as real-world case studies for how leading companies like yours are achieving tremendous results applying these principles. As a Demand Gen Radio listener, you can download a free copy today, manufacturingdemand.com forward slash VIP. Don't wait. Grab your copy today. Just go to manufacturingdemand.com forward slash VIP. Or you can pick up a hard copy, Amazon.com or other fine booksellers, by searching for the book, Manufacturing Demand. All right, we're at Manufacturing Demand. For more information for you here today, here from uh, the conferences that you're at. Again, you're at the Oracle Conference right now in Vegas. You were at the uh, um, Marquetta one earlier, is that correct? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to the, the commercial on the break for the book, uh, which is my book, and I hope everybody <laughs> downloads a copy. I like to say I'm on the New York Times best giver list. But, you know, <laughs> I like that. I met with uh, Donnelly Financial Services and uh, Booz Allen and a number of companies that were here and talked about that they had read my book and it was wow. the guidebook for them into where they are today. And you know, you don't, you know, when you're presenting on stage, you get to interact with your audience. When you're an author, you don't, you know, get an interactive experience exactly. very often. So we talked through it a lot. It was awesome to hear how inspiring it was. And so uh, I don't think I've ever said it live on the radio before, but if you haven't read a copy, get it. And I'm going to start to do, Paul, a book series coming up where I do uh, almost – it's not going to be live reading, but I want to highlight some of the chapter cool. uh, material because I know that not everybody has a chance to, to read the book. So maybe I'll take them through it in a, a, a little series. All right. Well, then I'm going to follow up and ask you a question. Maybe it's in the book. Maybe it's not. Uh, but how do you recommend people use trade shows to market their product? That's certainly, for a lot of companies, a big part of lead generation. It's where they meet their customers and get to shake their hands and kick the tires on products, whatnot. Uh, is it just that? Is it just an accumulation of grabbing badges? Or what else should they be doing, thinking? No, uh, we, well, you know, first of all, i got to say, um, I want to be very prescriptive in this segment. I want people to really take away some great ideas uh, on what they can do to get a better ROI from their trade show investments because it is the most expensive form of lead capture. It's it's a huge spend for most companies, and it's the most expensive form of lead capture. And I think we really, really do it well. So let me share the approach to you. In the past, you know, some conferences will actually have a booth and exhibit. And this year, we made a conscious decision to not have booths at some of the major shows that we've done in the past. And that was a pretty difficult decision, Paul, because, you know, the marketing bet. Yeah. always gets a bit of anxiety of, you know, hey, if we're not on the show floor, are people going to know that we're there? We might seem missing. And, you know, what will that do in terms of lead gen? So we said, you know what, let's let's try it this year. Um, but I'll share the recipe of what we've done from a booth and non-booth perspective. But let me start off with the non-expo hall stuff because that's really where you're going to have the greatest impact. So the number one piece of advice that I want to share with everybody out there, if you are exhibiting at shows, is to find ways to get your clients to be speakers at the conferences. Hmm. There is nothing better 
than having you know a spokesperson basically for your company share that case study about their success uh, and Kate you know was on stage from CenturyLink she's been on the the podcast with me and she was up there and she was talking about her whole marketing operations journey and all the progress that they've made and at the very end of that session she was a sweetheart and she gave a shout out and said you know everything that I've shared with you guys and what we've been doing with Marketo and our marketing operations we couldn't have done it without the team from DemandGen so if you're not familiar with those guys or haven't worked with them check them out and wow. that was wonderful that she did that uh and you know she really just uh you know values the team but think about the impact that has to a room full of full of people taking notes and saying i want to do that too so yeah. you know make sure that you can work with your clients and you know submit them for speaking opportunities and get them on stage and you know give them a chance to tell your story with you that's the highest roi um, we also had a number of clients who won awards. So every year we've, you know, for the past 10 years, I think we're approaching 70 awards with our clients. Uh, and this year, again, there were some marquee winners and Revy winners that were our clients, including a whole bunch of finalists. And so when those companies are featured and highlighted for the accomplishments, uh, very often it's associated with the, the partner that they're working with. And it's a great opportunity to share their case studies after the show. So that's my best, you know, real hard impact uh, is speaking sessions and the awards. But this is what we do. So here's our secret recipe if you're all listening. And again, i got to give all the credit to our marketing team because they make this happen. We do an event, and we always do an event at every one of these shows. So we've branded ourselves as a company that throws a very nice event and one of those events that you want to make sure that you attend. So, for example, in San Francisco, we rented out the Battery Club, which is a private club, and we were on the penthouse. And you can only get to the penthouse in, in, in the Battery Club if you are a member or at an event like this. So as soon as we started marketing this event, and I'll share why in a second – we had very quickly 500 people register for it. And for a venue that holds about 150, we've learned enough to know what the ratios are. And we closed registration for that event so that it wasn't an uncomfortable and line-oriented uh, experience. And, Why do we do the event? And what do you think that just – I'm going to interrupt you for one second. What do you yeah. think the ratio is? Because I used to do some of this myself, and people say, oh, my goodness, we have 500 people registered. They swear they're coming. No, they really won't. What do you think the ratio is? About one out of three or one out of four? Or, yeah. For a, for a party, for a reception like that, yeah, about one out of three, one out of four. It depends how much else is going on that night. You know, last year, last year we had 1,500 people register for our, our party, and we marketed the heck out of it. We actually ran campaigns. This was an invite-only approach that we took with our partners, so we really controlled the volume. But, yeah, for a party, one to three, one to four, for like a, a, a workshop, you know, a free uh, conference, you can expect, you know, half of the people that register for a free conference to attend, sometimes uh, a third of that as well. But those are the rules of thumb. Okay. Well, a couple minutes left, so you, you've gone through two ideas here. I really like the idea of getting your clients to be speakers. I would have never thought of that. Everybody's trying to get themselves to be a speaker on stage and tell your story, but how much more powerful if somebody tells it for you? Yeah, well, I want to make sure that the, 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 the takeaway on the reception is not just the chance to have an intimate setting with customers and prospects and partners. The beauty of doing an event is that you get a list of the people that are going to be attending the conference 
essentially oh. weeks in advance oh, as you there start you go. marketing it. And that is a great opportunity and a tool for our sales team to see our customers that are attending, in case they didn't know, see prospects that are, that are attending, and reach out to them and schedule appointments with them in the suite where I am right now. So we've been jam-packed with you know eight to ten meetings a day with folks that are attending the conference up here in our suite. So it's a one-two punch. You get you know the marketing opportunity for the event, but then you also get to um, have people and, and establish meetings for your sales team ahead of time. So those those are the key points. Well, and what you're talking about is be proactive with this. So many times people are just reactive. We go, we set up, and we sit, and we wait to see what happens. And then we say it was a good event or a bad event based on how many people walk in the door, shake our hands, and, and let us scan their badges here. It's got to be a lot more than that, right? I mean, that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, prep, prep, prep. A lot of preparation um, is, is key, and also a lot of follow-up is key. Again, most expensive form of uh, you know marketing for lead gen so you know if you generate all this demand and you don't follow up it's it's horrible and i i feel bad for the exhibitors that are collecting those lead lists and hopefully going to throw them over to sales right but now wondering are they going to get the roi exactly exactly and how many times you come back i've seen it myself years especially years gone by where we just had collected business cards and you get boxes of them and you go now what do i do with them they stick them in a drawer and nothing happens with them here yeah exactly all right. Well, uh, we got like a minute to wrap up here. Uh, any uh, anything really sexy, crazy, different, weird, wacky that you've seen? Tell us. Give us something that really stands out in your mind that you've seen from one or both places. I, I personally enjoyed, uh, as a takeaway thought, I personally enjoyed most the se- session with James Corden. He, uh, you know, the the late late uh, talk show host. He was at the Marketo Conference, and he got up on stage, and he was not only incredibly entertaining, but he talked about how he's branding his content. He brands his carpool karaoke and his performances in the street. So he takes a branding approach to each one of those, and I thought that was genius and a good ideas for the attendees. Well, there's somebody I wouldn't expect to even be at the conference, but uh, they're obviously trying to reach out and get entertaining folks to be there, and uh, what a cool guy to be able to hear and see here. It's not what I would have expected. Yeah, it was nice. We heard uh, people, you know, world travelers, North Pole, South Pole, James Corden, uh, Queen Latifah, and it was a nice mix of uh, inspiration and humor. All right. Well, um, as always, it sounds like a good uh, description of your show, a a mix of entertainment, uh, education, and humor here. So uh, I hope people tune in more, maybe in the blog or the entry. You can write a little more and give us some other uh, call, uh, some special products that you want to call out that you thought really are worth uh, investigating. Uh, Any of those come to mind here quickly? Anything else? I'll do that. I'll update with some links. We, you know, we did our events um, with some partners of ours, folks like the folks at Mintigo and Engageo and Cynthio. They don't all rhyme that way. <laughs> uh, but and the folks at ReachForce, and um, I will give links to their website. I made actually a video that we used as a reminder for our party, and so it was not only a video for um, you know information about the party. But for two minutes at the end of that video, highlighted all the the products that our partners use. So I'll make sure I snap that video in here as well. And people can uh, watch the tail end of it and learn a little bit more about some of the cool technology at the show. Good, because we want to learn through your experience here. And not all of us can uh, can go attend these events or get to meet the people you meet. So uh, you're our eyes and ears on the ground here for us. Happy to share, and I'll be at MarTech in a couple weeks and the series decision. So hopefully the listeners come up and say hi. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hear more about that coming event, too. Take us out. Uh, give us uh, how to get in touch with you and take us out here. 
Well, you know, if you are going to attend those shows, definitely reach out to me. Uh, you know, my email is david at demandgen.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Again, don't forget to download a copy of the book at manufacturingdemand.com. It is a great book uh, for you. And you can visit us at demandgen.com, my company, if you're looking for help with your marketing technology and marketing automation system. So looking forward to connecting with some of you at the shows coming up or online. Thanks, Paul. All right. Live from Las Vegas, it's David Lewis, Demand Gen Radio. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 